ओम ज्ञान personality of Kali and he was immediately ready to chastise the personality of Kali even to the point of killing him to drive him out of his kingdom in the same way Srila Prabhupada he wanted to drive out Kali by preaching Krishna consciousness and he had a vision of a worldwide Krishna conscious society we we tend to as members of iskon we tend to think well our society it's quite big and well known and well spread but it's a long long way from the vision the, that propad had of the krishna conscious movement actually taking over the world in the sense that there would be krishna conscious leaders and krishna conscious population and krishna conscious leader means uh, he has the power then he should follow in the footsteps of maharaj parikshit here prabhupada is giving the idea and he should be ready to chastise even to the point of death persons who are in, indulging in sinful activities of course our movements not at all in that position at the present time we shouldn't even think of such activities of engaging in such activities but of course prabhupada mission was to make everyone a devotee so if everyone's a devotee then there's no need to think of punishing the demons and the, those who are severely non-devotional and corrupt but the idea is there that in a properly administered state there would be no question of sinful activity rather than the administrators making plans and uh, cooperating with businessmen how to produce how to make slaughterhouses how to open a new alcohol producing plant here uh, we we find the chief minister of this state is very actively promoting what's that called pisology the, the fish farm because there's not enough water hardly in the whole state but they they're thinking fish it's good cheap protein good for health so why not promote fish farm so these are the things that the administrator should be stopping actually in india there weren't such things rather the the administrators have introduced this no one could have imagined at the time of indian independence though the mahatma gandhi promoted this movement for swarajya as being spiritual we have to liberate bharat mata from the hands of the british because they're lechers but then uh, at that time no one could have imagined that in independent in independent india that the leaders not the british that the lead indian hindus will open modernized automated high tech slaughterhouses we could not imagine but now it's going on and they're proud of it 
So, we want to see Maharaj Parikshit. Where is that person who will drive out corruption? Actually, the main thrust is our, our movement is not specifically a military movement, but the main thrust is by preaching Krishna consciousness. But the idea is there that in a Krishna conscious state, that anyway people won't indulge in such things because they'll be Krishna conscious. But if there are one or two people who insist on irreligious activities, then the leader of the state should be ready to chastise them even up to the point of death. Sometimes people are afraid when they read this, they're afraid of these what they call dangerous cults. But actually the whole of modern society is far more dangerous than any dangerous cult. If you're just a normal member of modern society, then you're a drunkard, a meat-eater, a gambler, a womanizer. These are, these are, it's very dangerous. It's so dangerous that you go to hell. It's extremely dangerous. It's certainly dangerous for the chickens, fish and cows. And They're so much concerned about these, the, the cults that may turn violent. Of course, there are cults that do turn violent and they're insane just... In America, it's very famous, there was some Jim Jones, some leader of some what's called a modern age cult who, who uh, committed suicide along with his several hundred followers. So that's an example of a, of a foolish leader. But actually, in the, first, in the first place, the administrator should have never allowed such a person. If there were real leaders in the country, then they should never allow false teachers of religion. There are so many things they shouldn't allow. Just like we see here in Andhra Pradesh that there is one Baba with long, big hair who's claiming that he is God. And it's so offensive. I mean, there are so many things he does which are offensive. But they have this uh, Venkatesh Suprabhata. They kept all the words and just changed it from the names, there are various names given there of Venkatesh that Utishta, Utishta, Utishta Govinda, so it's Utishta, Utishta Sai Baba. This is extremely sinful, extremely offensive. I, actually, you're laughing, but I don't think it's lying. I don't think it's anything to laugh at. I mean, you could laugh at his foolishness or the foolishness of anyone who follows them, but it's actually extremely offensive. And the leaders, they should not allow such things to go on. They should punish such people. They should not allow. But instead, the, the prime minister is going and touching his feet. This is the sad situation. So the Krishna conscious movement is meant to change the world situation. That requires some strong result like that of Maharaj Parikshit. Prabhupada said, I want brahmanas with the spirit of kshatriyas. It's not simply that by... Of course, a, a, a brahmana is very peaceful, but simply by being peaceful and doing your own bhajan, then it's not going to make much difference in the world. It's required to go out in the world and preach. Prabhupada once commented on one system of religion in which they... They hold a book in one hand and a sword in the other. You either accept this hand, what's in this hand, or you accept what's in this hand. Islam. 
So Prabhupada said, that's also one method of preaching. But our system is a book in one hand and a book in the other hand. <laughs> that if you don't take it from this side, you take it from the other side. Actually, that uh, our, in the Western countries, our book distribution was going on when Prabhupada was here. It was very aggressive, actually. Maybe too much. But Prabhupada encouraged that. There was once a cartoon in the newspaper in America of a, de a devotee meeting someone on the street and showing him a book. And then the next one shows the person going like this. And the next one shows a scuffle. You know how they show in the cartoons? They show a cloud, there's some fists coming up. And the next one shows the man lying on the floor with a book stuck in his throat and the devotee walking away counting money. So it's actually, it's not so good. It shows that the devotees were perceived as being aggressive in their book history. This was shown to Prabhupada, he laughed. Uh, with a book, yeah. That's, that's a great compliment to our devotees because because uh, the, the, what's implied is that wherever you go, there's going to be some devotee distributing books to you. There was also some, on some American comedy show, it said that, that well, I went, to, I went to work, I got in the subway, just as I was going in, in, as I was in the subway, someone, Hare Krishna devotee came and gave me a book, and I was sitting in my office, and uh, someone came and gave me a book. And then, then uh, as I was coming out of the office, going home, someone stopped me and gave me a book. Then I came home and opened the fridge, and in it there was a book. I, <laughs> so the, often in the Western countries also, people said that, people think, they say, oh, I met, I, this was years ago, back in the 70s, I was distributing books in England, and you meet people on the street and said, well, I met you three months ago in Birmingham and two months ago in Glasgow and one month ago in Bournemouth and here also. So you must have thousands of people. Wherever I go, the people are they're distributing books. Actually, we had about, what, 30 brahmacharis traveling and distributing books, but they're so active and busy. Every day they'd be out in a different town. And people who go in the travel from town to town, naturally they meet devotees in different places. So the devotees are very active and busy to distribute books with the idea that these books are going to change the world. Prabhupada gave that idea. And we see how that definitely they're changing people's lives and they have the potential to change the world. Actually, even though we're saying the impious leaders of India, in other ways they're also very pious. I, I would say that they're mostly the leaders of India, whatever party they're in, maybe some extent. Probably, even if you go to Lalu, probably, you know, he'll probably also say Hare Krishna. Or even Jyoti Boshu, who's, his wife is a, she's, she's fully, she, she used to come to the temple sometimes in Calcutta, then they stopped her coming, so he shouldn't come, it's not very good. But she's fully into, and then, and then this D.N. Kaili, this Karuna Niti, his whole party is in power on the basis of atheism. We're atheists. 
But the secret news is that he does puja every day. <laughs> Although publicly he decries it. So all these, uh, all these, they're actually, uh, you see in India more than in other places, whatever, whether there's Congress or whoever it is, you can go to the leaders as devotees, we can meet them and they're generally quite favorable, even Indira Gandhi was, in whatever policies she had or Sanjay Gandhi had, which were actually quite demoniac. But she herself was very open, favorable to the devotees. So, uh, even I'm, even I'm talking against our Mananiya Padhan Mantri for visiting Sai Baba, but he also opened the Iskon Delhi Temple, which is, you know, he doesn't have to do it. It doesn't have to do it. It doesn't add much to him politically, but he has a feeling that he likes to do that. So, especially in India, I remember actually, I first came to India in 1976 just to visit Mayapur Vrindam for the festival, but then I came back in 1977 with the idea of staying, which I more or less did, although for quite a few years I was in neighboring countries like Bangladesh and Thailand and like this. But in 1977, when I was just planning to come to India for staying, for preaching, one devotee in London who was based in India, American devotee, at that time he said to me that, that he, Prabhupada is giving so much importance to preaching in India. And even at that time, that was what, before about 1974 or something, Prabhupada went to meet Indira Gandhi and he, he wrote in his notebook, he had this, one of the things he wanted her to grant, that to grant permanent visas to 500 Western devotees. We don't have 500 Western devotees in India even now. Prabhupada wanted at that time when our movement was much smaller. That means he wanted to bring practically like 25% of the whole movement. He wanted to bring them all to India for preaching here. So this devotee that I was saying, this, he said he was Matunga. He was saying that you have the feeling that in India there's the possibility that our movement can actually become very widespread and very prominent and even influence to the government level and everything. So that potential is there. We see wherever we go, especially, actually all over the world now, after so many years of book distribution, bathyatras, festivals, Harinam, wherever we go in the world, people more or less like and to some extent respect this movement. I'm seeing that as I'm traveling in different parts of the world, and especially so in India. And practically in India, wherever we have devotees and they do some preaching, and just because people are inclined to that, that they'll take it up also. Other people will take wherever we go in this country. You just sit down and start preaching, and people will come, and they'll take up Krishna consciousness seriously. So this indicates that we, if we had more preachers going out in more places, then more and more people would become Krishna conscious. The potential is there. The people, they want this. So Prabhupada, he had this plan. Based on the, the backbone of Prabhupada's preaching plan was this book distribution. And we've seen the effect of that also. I mean, this is my experience. Maybe Anandamoy can say what he thinks. He's 
been in India even quite considerably longer than me, that my experience when I first came to India and was preaching here was that the influence of Mayavad was much, much stronger than now. And when you, practically everywhere and everyone you met, it was just like a whole thick wall of Mayavad. It was, it was very difficult to, everyone was, even Prabhupada said, and he said that in India, if you, everyone is a Mayavad, if you just scratch, even those who talk about bhakti, he says if you just scratch a little bit, underneath you'll find Mayavad. Which is also true today, but to, to, it's a change to a large extent. And to a large extent, people are very much open to accept bhakti, pure devotional service to Krishna. And even when we're preaching, we say this, this idea of becoming one with God, it's all bogus and all the demigods, they're not the same as Krishna, which previously was just like constant fight saying all these things. But now, and my estimation is because of the influence of Prabhupada's books, I find the atmosphere has much favorably improved and people are very much ready to take up the line of pure devotional service and kick out all the hodgepodge ideas which have, which come from Mayavada. How do you feel about that, Ananda Mahaprabhu? You feel the same thing? You agree, yeah. Yeah, also, other Right. Chinnajiya Swami has come up. Actually, the, the whole, not only the point of Mayavad, but in those days, I mean, practically, the Hindu, the young Hindus of that generation, mostly they, especially the more educated ones, they, they felt ashamed to say, I'm a Hindu. That's why the, the VHP gave this slogan, Garv Se Kaho Am Hindu Hai. Because previously it was, Sharam Se Ham Balte Ki Ham Hindu. But now it's, they, they made this slogan, Garvse, because people, they felt ashamed or even they ridiculed. We found many young Hindus of that generation, they used to ridicule their own and think, oh, it's all useless and now we have science and, isn't it, in those days. And when we went in the schools and colleges, it was often, most times they would, the young boys would come around and they'd laugh and they'd pull your shikar and all this. But the atmosphere has completely changed now. When we go in the colleges, they're very respectful and they want to know more. So, of course, that's due to the overall influence of spreading the Krishna conscious movement, but especially because of these books. Oh yeah, and that point I wanted to make, that this, there's been a Hindu revival. The BJP has come up, people are voting for a Hindu party. It was there before. There was the Jana Sangh was there before, which was more or less the same thing, that they came up for Aji Desai, although it wasn't specifically Hindu Hindu party, although it was inclined in that way. And then the Janasang split, and out of that came the Janata party, which is more or less another version of Congress, and the BJP, which is a Hindu party, specifically on, on the platform of Hinduism. So all these... Yes, yeah, so many Swamis have come up and other, even other Vaishnava groups, they've got some life. Because the whole atmosphere has become more, in India the atmosphere has become one in which the Hindus feel proud of their religion. Even though they may be confused as to what the actual essence of it is. But there's uh, a feeling that yes, this is something very good. And that's come about 
again, I would say to a large extent, because of the book distribution. And also another major reason, don't mind me saying so, I'm in a Western body, but uh, because Indians have seen Western people taking Krishna consciousness very seriously. In the beginning, they said, oh, it's just some hippies, it's just a fashion. But when they see year after year after year, and so many people have talked with and met with, and this was Prabhupada's idea, because he saw that the Indian people are mad to follow the West. If the Western people uh, stand on their head in the middle of the street, naked, then if it becomes a fashion in India, then in the West, then they probably they'll also do it in India. Of course, there are yogis probably who do that anyway, here already. There may be some of them. But anyway, the, the Prabhupada saw the Indian people there mad for following the Westerners. So Prabhupada thought, well, let's make some Western devotees, and then the Indians will follow. And actually, it's a fact that uh, you see that among Indians, the, there's the caste division, Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaishya, but they consider Westerners practically more. Prabhupada told a story that uh, someone was selling meat. And they said, well, what kind of meat is it? Is it, is it pork or beef or mutton? He said, no, this is dog's meat. He said, dog's meat? We don't eat dog's meat. He said, no, no, this was killed by the viceroy, the British viceroy. Oh, really? Okay, I'll buy it. Prabhupada told us the idea that if it was if it dog's meat, which maybe on Nagaland or somewhere, they eat dog's meat, Chinese, they eat. But uh, at least in India, they, they don't like the idea of eating dog's meat. But Prabhupada said, there's one story. I don't think it's a true story, but it's just to, just to show the mentality, slave mentality. So, uh, Seeing that Western people are taking up Krishna consciousness, and Indian people also think, oh, it must be good. <laughs> so they're taking it very seriously. But it's not enough. Many times yeah, we think that if Prabhupada had not left in 1977, then this movement would have been much, much more widely spread because Prabhupada was pushing it so much. Prabhupada had this mood of constant emergency, which it is. There's a tendency for us to well, take it easy a bit, sit in the temple, all facilities are there, chant Hare Krishna, be a sadhu. So that's also good, but Prabhupada saw that everyone's going to hell. We have to do something to save them. There's this urgent mood. We have to go out, preach, work hard, do something, distribute these books. We should think. When we read the obituary notice in the paper, we should be very sad. Not because someone died, because anyway people die, but because he died without becoming Krishna conscious. Someone else left this world without taking up Krishna consciousness. So that should be our mood, that how we want to change society. And again, Prabhupada stressed that, that uh, the books, especially the books, will do the job. And more than anything, by distributing these books, that will influence human society. So, as Prabhupada used to say, please distribute these books. 
please publish these books. Ananda Prabhu is working there. For so many years publishing the books. Now the Bhagavatam is just coming. We need that also. Who's that? He's not here. Who's doing the proofreading of the Prabhupada Nilamrita? Not here. So this should be done. Patapat. How do you say that in Telugu? Damn quick. That's how we say it in English. Everything should be done. Even in Prabhupada's books, he was forcing the book production so fast that actually quite a lot of mistakes came in his books. Technical mistakes. Not philosophical mistakes. But Prabhupada's mood. Prabhupada said, there's one lad, he said, anyway we should publish the books and later on if there are any mistakes we'll correct them. And we have to have these books, we can distribute them. Just like we have the Bhagavad Gita as it is with the planet of the trees, which is a foolish mistake of an editor who didn't know Sanskrit. He'd never heard of what a Pitri is, even though it's said right there, Pitri Nam Arya Maschasmi, but he doesn't understand. So Prabhupada dictating said, there is a planet of the Pitris, but he's not, he hasn't he has no idea what a pitri is, so he thinks that Prabhupada must mean there's a planet of trees. So we have in the original Bhagavad Gita as it is, in the Macmillan edition, there is a planet of the trees, which is a stupid mistake. It's not Prabhupada's mistake. It's the editor's mistake. So it should be corrected. And it's corrected. In Bhagavad Gita as it is, now it's been corrected to read, there is a planet of pitris. And of course there are some foolish people who say that you shouldn't change it's Prabhupada's words, but it's not Prabhupada's words. Prabhupada is, in other words, you're trying to say Prabhupada is so foolish. And you're foolish to think that you're saying it's offensive to change, but it's offensive to keep it. And to insist that such a foolish mistake should be kept. So, there's mistakes came in in that Bhagavad Gita as it is. There are quite a few here and there. But not, there were no philosophical mistakes. The essence is there to surrender to Krishna. And so many people became devotees by reading that book. So that was Prabhupada's mood, that we need to have these books so that people can read them and become Krishna conscious. And if there are some mistakes, they can be corrected afterwards. Of course, there was a serious mistake in which the editor for Goraksha, Prabhupada dictated his cow protection, but somehow in his foolish mentality, thought that, well, Western people, they don't know what cow protection So he changed to cattle raising. Cattle raising means raising for beef. So it's right there, you can find in the Prabhupada conversation, Prabhupada saying that this is an editing mistake, it should be changed. But now we have our people who are more intelligent and say, no, no, it should be kept because it's in the original edition. Even though Prabhupada himself said it should be changed. So, anyway, we should have the books. We need the books. We need the books because the people of the world need the books. It's very much required. To Prabhupada said, my, my books are the law books for the next 10,000 years. They set the standard. There may be so many books translated and Prabhupada said that all the Vedic literatures, especially the Vaishnava literatures, they should be translated into English and distributed all over the world. So, all the books should be translated. Of course, distribution of certain books. Also, the Rasa Shastras. That should be distributed very carefully, very discreetly, not given to everybody. But especially Prabhupada's books, they are the basis of the Krishna Consciousness Book. Prabhupada said, books are the basis. So the basis. And Prabhupada said that my disciples will also write purports to my purports. 
That's a normal process. Any Acharya comes, he writes books, and subsequent disciples in subsequent generations, they write books explaining that also. So more writing and publishing of books will go on. That is a natural function, that is kirtan, writing books about Krishna consciousness means for the glorification of Krishna. So that is kirtan, that, is, that will go on. But the definitive books are Prabhupada's books. And even if we are to, even if there's some dispute or if, if such a book, if it's authorized or if it's good or whatever, and we have to see what is the standard according to what Prabhupada came. We have to see, Prabhupada was insistent his name be put Founder Acharya. That means that he has set the standard for Iskon. And what is the way he presented Krishna consciousness? What are the standards of sadhana, temple worship, all this kind of thing? What is the mood of Prabhupada? See, there are different Vaishnava gurus. Some will say, just sit, do bhajan. But Prabhupada wasn't in that mood. He said, do bhajan, do your sadhana, but you should also go out, preach. And preaching means fighting. It means to change the minds of people with all their wrong ideas. So we should imbibe the mood of our acharya, Srila Prabhupada take up his mode of preaching to change the world and save the world based on book production and book distribution. Hare Krishna. Is there any question about this? Okay, no question. So let's move on to our various services that we have to perform in pushing on the Sankirtan movement. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam 